Hello everyone, I'm Harrison. And I'm Rachel. This week we're talking about our fertility journey and trying to conceive. So stay tuned and join us on our journey to meet Meet Baby Baby H. Deciding when to expand your family is such a huge decision. There's a lot of different factors to consider, and a couple really has to sit down and think it through when they're trying to decide when to start trying. The first thing that we really considered was our age, trying to figure out when is the right time for us to have kids and when we wanted to start that next adventure. And for us, at least I felt like there was always this magic number that once you hit that age, that now it's okay to have kids. And as I've gotten older, I've started to realize that's not really true. These rules that you think that exist when you're little, they're really all just made up and you can have kids whenever you're ready to. When you're little, you think that your parents are so old. And now looking back on it, my parents were younger than I am now when they had their first kid. Yeah, and when you're little, you have this funny feeling that your parents know everything in the whole world and that they just have it all put together. Our kids will be right about that. (laughs) Um, You feel like your parents have it all put together and you're trying to decide if you have reached this stage in your life where it's okay to be that for a kid? Can you be the person that has it all put together and knows everything when you know that you're just going to be making it up day by day? So we just kind of decided that we were in this stage of our lives where we felt like we wanted to have a kid. On top of that, doctors say that it can take up to a year for a perfectly healthy couple to conceive. So you kind of have to think, what if it takes us an entire year? Then we're going to be this old. What if we want to have X number of children? Then that's going to need this much time and so on. So you kind of have to think long, big picture in order to make that decision. And as you get older, it takes longer for you to conceive. It's just how it works that if you're over a certain age, it could take even longer than a year. And it's just something to keep in mind if you're wanting to have more than one kid or really just trying to decide when you should have a kid. And on top of our age, there were a lot of other factors that we had to consider. I would say age was actually a pretty minimal concern for us. We were a little bit more worried about the financial aspects and our living situation. We both just graduated from college within the past couple of years, and we got married a year ago. So we have gotten a little bit established, but we're not incredibly established financially. And we have some debt that we're trying to take care of from college. And we really felt like we wanted to be out of debt. We wanted to own a house. There's a lot of things that as we talked more and more about it, that just didn't really fit into the timeline. And spoiler alert, we still don't own a house. Yeah, we were living on one income at the time. And that's kind of what we were planning on doing after the baby is here. And so we just really thought about it a lot. Like, is it possible for us to have a baby with the current amount of money that we have coming in, we decided that, you know, it might not be amazing. We might not hit all of our financial goals when we were initially planning, but this is what we wanted and we were ready to make the necessary sacrifices to make it happen. And when we were thinking about that financial situation, we knew that we were going to need a bigger living space. And so we knew that that meant a higher rent price. Um, Our old place was a two-bedroom apartment, and we needed a dedicated office. 
So we definitely needed a place that had an extra room. Yeah, I work from home, so it wasn't possible to just take the office away and turn that into a nursery at all. But we did end up moving and we're really happy with where we landed. Yeah, another big thing that we considered was cousins. Rafes and I both come from extended families that are a little bit on the bigger side, and we have a lot of cousins that we're pretty close with. I've always loved hanging out with my cousins and when I was really little playing with them. And as I've gotten older, I love just talking and catching up with them. Yeah. And on my side of the family, my brother already has two kids. So we knew that time was kind of ticking if we wanted them to be relatively close in age. And I think it would be so cute to see our kid grow up with some cousins. Yeah, the cousins that I'm closest with are the ones that are within a couple of years of me. And it's not anything against the kids that aren't close to my age. It's just that I didn't have the same experiences with them that I could talk about. And we weren't really going through a lot of the same things in life at the time. So I just have gotten a lot closer with the cousins close to me. So it was a big deal that our kid had cousins close in age. Yeah. And that cousin bond is a little bit different than that sibling bond. And I think they both have their benefits. Another big thing to consider is your lifestyle. Like, can a child actually fit into what you do? And for Rachel and I, we both do theater. And that has a lot of long hours and a lot of really late nights. So we really talked a lot about if we were going to continue down the route of theater, what was that going to look like for a kid? Did that mean that one of us wasn't going to be home for a long time? Or how is it going to go? Or what happens if we're working on a show together? Then where does the kid go? Yeah, and it's a little bit different when the kid is little and they're not in school because they have kind of a free-floating schedule and they can do whatever you're doing to some extent. But when you consider school, it's a totally different ballgame. You don't really want your kid to be moving around all over the place. And we just didn't know how that was going to work. I also work as a software engineer. And so I have had a little bit more of a... It's more of a nine to five job. So I have consistent hours and am home a lot more. For us, the long hours is a bit more of a concern because we aren't super close to available babysitters. Our family, the closest family is about two hours away. So we really have to do some planning if we want our child to be watched by someone in our family. Yeah. And There's a lot of things to consider, but daycare can be fairly expensive. And also when your kid is little, a lot of daycares don't want to take infants. So you have to start considering, is one of the parents going to stay at home to take care of the kid? And another thing that we thought about was, when do we want to be empty nesters? That's a long ways down the road, and we definitely are hoping that we're blessed with more than one child. But we do have some travel aspirations and some financial aspirations that I think we're looking forward to that golden age. There's a lot of things to consider about when you could be an empty nester and whether you want to wait until you're more financially stable or more established in your career and your community to have kids or if you want to have that in the earlier part of your life so that later on when you're maybe a little older and a little bit more established, you don't have kids at home. And really that all still comes down lifestyle. And really, once you have your kid, and even after they aren't living at home, you can still go do stuff with them. And for us, we just thought it would be fun to be able to travel a little bit more with our kid, but also know that 
if they weren't able to go, we would still have a good time traveling, especially if we had kids a little bit before we were really established in our place. Yeah. And you also want to think about your activity level. Um, Do you want to be a little bit more in shape before you start trying? Or do you have some goals that you'd like to attain before you add to your family? Rachel was really concerned about being in shape, not because of being in shape before the pregnancy, but that a lot of doctors will say that you can maintain your exercise level while you're pregnant as whatever you were doing before. So Rachel wanted to make sure that she could still exercise and feel like she could move around during the pregnancy. So she ramped up her exercise routine and was doing a lot more so that when she actually was pregnant, that baseline level was higher. And there are some less fun things to think about, like what if all does not go as planned with this child and they will need a lifetime of support from you or are completely dependent on you? Is that something that you are willing to embark on or are you prepared for any outcome that can come from a pregnancy? I don't think anybody goes into a pregnancy hoping that their child is born with a disability of any kind, but it does happen and it is something really to consider. And it really would change your life in so many ways, more than just having a kid would. And when Rachel and I were talking about it, we knew that we're going to love that kid no matter what, and we're going to do everything that we can to provide for them, whether they have a disability or not. And we felt like we were ready to step in if that's the case and that's what happens. And so to summarize it all up, why do you think you wanted to have kids? When I was little, I always just kind of imagined myself having kids. That was just a really big thing that I always pictured. But I don't really feel like just imagining that you've had kids is enough for me anyway. And so I've always just kind of enjoyed sharing things with other people, teaching things teaching new skills to others and watching them grow. And I think that that's really something I'm looking forward to with a kid is getting to see them experience new things for the first time and opening up the possibility for that person that you help shape, do whatever they want and really just grow and have a huge impact on the world. So why do you want to have kids? Well, I've always felt like it was my purpose to be a mom someday Um, I would love to have a little version of myself or a little version of Harrison running around. Um, On top of that, just the beliefs that I hold, I really believe that God has had this plan for us to have a family someday, and I'm really excited for how it will strengthen our marriage, how it will strengthen and help us grow as individuals, and how I can grow spiritually Um, You know, there's a lot of scary things in the world, and I think that having this little perfect being, although they might not always be perfect and you might be really upset with them sometimes, um, is just a big reflection of God's love for us. I think all in all, when you're trying to decide whether it's right for you to have a kid, you need to decide why. Like, Why is it that you want to have a kid, and are they strong enough reasons for you? Not for anybody else, but is it the right time in your life for you? Even if you didn't have the opportunity to try and you have a happy accident on your hands, somebody else is telling you that it's time and you should be happy and make the best of it and just put your best foot forward and know that nobody really has it all together. They're just making it up as they go along and 
you can hang in there too. Right. And these are just decisions that worked for us. You know, every individual and every family has to have those conversations amongst themselves. But with all that being said, we decided that the best timeline for us was to start trying at the beginning of 2022. And as you may or may not know, the day that we found out I was pregnant was January 8th of 2022. Yeah, so we definitely missed that plan a little bit. Rachel was really convinced it was going to take the entire year and that it was going to be very difficult for us. And we were really fortunate that that was not the case. Um, But because Rachel really thought that it was going to be hard, she worked very hard to convince me to start earlier. In my mind, um, we had already kind of been trying because birth control just wasn't something that fit into our lifestyle and we were okay with whatever came from that decision. Um, So I was kind of thinking, okay, it's already been 11 months and we're not pregnant. So maybe we should up this timeline a little bit. Yeah, it took a lot of work, but Rachel was able to convince me that we should start trying in November instead of January. And we decided that at the start of trying, we weren't going to do any sort of ovulation tracking. We weren't going to track Rachel's cycle any extra amount than what she already was. And we were just going to see if it happened naturally. It did not. (laughs) (laughs) So part of the journey of trying to conceive is figuring out a lot more about a woman's cycle. It's something that I have never had to deal with. I've never paid much attention to it. You obviously know that it exists, but there's a lot of nuances to it that I don't understand. Yeah. So as a little refresher, Um, A woman has a period every 28 to 40 days, and that first day of your last period, if you do get pregnant, is considered day one of your pregnancy before you're even pregnant. Around the middle of your cycle, you should ovulate, and that's when the egg is released and it waits for the sperm to fertilize it. Then the rest of your cycle, that fertilized egg travels back up to the uterus and implants, and that's when you're pregnant. From that point on, that HCG, commonly called the pregnancy hormone, starts to build, and eventually it will reach a level that is high enough for it to be read at an at-home test. So the very first month, we didn't do any additional tracking. We just kept using the system that Rachel already had, and so Rachel has had an app for a while that she's logged her cycle in. So the you could see how long it was and a lot of extra data, which is pretty interesting. But what we basically discovered is it's a lot easier for it to naturally happen if you have a regular cycle. And mine weren't. So it really was a lot of guesswork for us that first month. And no wonder it didn't work because my cycles are different every single month. Yeah, but even though we knew that it was going to be a little difficult, Rachel was still very concerned when it didn't happen the very first time and she didn't want to wait. So she came home probably the next day after we knew that it didn't happen and had a whole list of all of these things that she wanted to look up and research and decide which kits to buy so that we could start doing actual ovulation tracking. Yeah, and I think the things that I convinced you to let me buy were ovulation tests and um, tracking basal body temperature, which for that you just need a basic thermometer. Yeah, and you can buy a more sensitive thermometer at a store if you want that's specifically geared towards it, but it really is just a thermometer. So the way the basal body temperature tracking works is every day right after Rachel would wake up, she would take her temperature and log it in an app. And in that app, it will create 
a graph of Rachel's body temperature and you're supposed to keep paying attention to it until it hits a peak. And once it hits a peak and starts dropping within 24 hours is when you're supposed to ovulate. Yeah. And the ovulation tests work very similarly to a pregnancy test as far as the way that they read hormones and show you results. There's a control line and a testing line. Um, you pee on the stick or dip the stick in a cup of pee every day around the same time. And you should see that testing line get darker. It should get to the same darkness or darker than that control line. And then, you know, in the next 24 to 48 hours, you're going to ovulate. Yeah. And a lot of those kits will actually come with a large amount of pregnancy tests so that you can use those as well. And that's actually where we got the pregnancy tests that Rachel used first. But we found that even though the pregnancy test was incredibly sensitive and worked very well, the ovulation test did not really work very great. Yeah, I was never noticing a significant change in the darkness of the line, and I was starting to think that I just wasn't ovulating at all. And it's actually not uncommon for a woman to not ovulate in a month. Just skip the month for whatever reason, and there are actually some people out there who just never ovulate. Yeah, and so for me, I knew that time was ticking, and I definitely did not want to waste a month if we still had a chance, so I ran out to Target and picked up a step higher plastic ovulation kit and used it that day. And that day that I bought it was the day I got a positive ovulation test and we knew that we were right on track. I was beginning to look into some other methods that we could implement in the future, like vitamins that I could take or vitamins that Harrison could take or teas or all these random things that you can find on the internet, but luckily it never got to that point. Yeah, there are a lot of things that you can do to improve your fertility. Like they recommend taking a prenatal vitamin while you're trying, so before you're pregnant. And some people have had really good luck with that. There's a lot of teas, like Rachel mentioned, that people will start drinking that also helps. But Rachel, every time she went to the store, was looking for something for me to try because it's not always the female in the relationship that is the issue when it comes to fertility. Sometimes it is the male. And so we're kind of trying to see, is there something that I could do that would improve it? And I don't think Rachel ever found anything. Yeah. And when it all comes down to it, you really only have a 25% chance to get pregnant every month. And so we're very lucky that it worked out for us so early. Um, we know that not everybody's story is like ours and that we're kind of an anomaly with how fast it worked for us. And so our hearts definitely go out to people that are struggling with fertility and just keep at it because we know that the reward is great. So after ovulation and the egg gets implanted, there's about two weeks where you can't do anything. You just have to wait and see if you got pregnant or not. And that two week can be really horrible for a lot of people. But for us, it wasn't really that bad because we got pregnant in December. So that last two weeks was a lot of holidays. And then we went on a big trip to Disney. So we weren't just waiting around to take that test. We had a lot of other things to keep our minds busy. And when we came back, we were able to take that test. And as you know, it was positive. Yeah. I will say that it was strange being around family during this time because we knew that we were trying, but nobody else did. But we told our families that we were going to wait 
five years before we had kids. So it kind of felt like we had this like egg of information that we just wanted to share, but you really have no clue if it's worked or not, and you just have to sit around and wait. Yeah, it also just doesn't sound very appealing to me anyway to go tell your family that you're trying to have a kid. Yeah, (laughs) it could be awkward, um, but there's definitely some emotions. Like you want to be excited, but you're not pregnant yet, so you don't want to get excited. Um, But it's also like, oh my gosh, my life could change at any second, and I have no clue. There are a lot of things to consider when preparing to have a baby, but in the end, you're never going to feel 100% ready. We hope we were able to give you a little bit of insight into what we considered before growing our family. Next time, we are going to tell you how we told our families that we are having a baby and weeks 9 through 12 of pregnancy. We hope you join us. See you next time. Oh,